So not too long ago, I held this workshop at WPPI where I gave my top 30 creative strategies to get photography clients as fast as possible without paid ads. And it killed it. It sold out. It was incredible. I've been sitting on it for a little while and I've decided to bring it back, to bring it back and to give it directly to you. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to pay anything either. I just want to help you grow your business each day for three days. I'm going to share with you 10 ultra unique creative ways to attract dream clients to your photography business without spending a bunch of money. I'm calling this thing the three day client blitz and it is pure gold for three days. I'm going to give you so many creative ideas to get clients in your business right now. Just go to sixfigurephotography.com forward slash blitz six S I X six figure photography.com forward slash blitz b l i t z i can't wait to give you some incredible ideas you're listening to the six figure photography podcast with ben hartley where you get the positive energy you need to help you grow your business your relationships and your mindset if you need the show notes or want to check out the latest blog post visit sixfigurephotography.com Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Six Figure Photography Podcast. My name is Ben Hartley. Thank you so much for being here. The purpose of the podcast is to help you grow your business. And we're going to do that um, through uh, winning more inquiries, through maximizing profits, and through breaking down limiting beliefs. Thank you for being here. Today, we're going to have a conversation around um, marketing. This is going to be the, uh, the, like, the number one question that photographers have, which is ultimately around getting clients. All right. We're going to have a conversation around getting clients and we're going to have a conversation around getting clients uh, in a pretty contested, heated, highly debatable uh, space. We're going to talk about wedding wire and the knot. Dot com. All right. Is wedding wire and the not worth it? Before we get into this, um, I'll definitely be sharing my experiences uh, with both of the companies, the pros, the cons of things that I've liked and, and all that. You'll hear from me and you'll also be hearing uh, from Scott. I'll introduce him in just a second. Before we do that, I want to uh, invite you actually to pause this podcast. Go ahead right now, pause it. Well, actually, no, don't do it just yet because you have to listen to the rest of my directions. So so hear me out and then pause it. Um, this podcast is currently being recorded as a live video and it's being broadcast into my mastermind uh, group of photographers. There's over 16,000 photographers that have actually gotten a chance to listen to this episode and watch it uh, about a month in advance, a month before you did, if you're just listening to it on the podcast. And I want to invite you to come and join that space. Um, again, 16,000 photographers. I am uh, highly active in there. I do live coaching videos Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and that's the place that I hang out. And so you can join the group by going to benhartley.com forward slash mastermind. Benhartley.com forward slash mastermind. Okay, now you should pause the podcast and go to benhartley.com forward slash mastermind. All right, let's jump in. Let me introduce to you guys Scott Joe's White. Uh, so Scott, he has been a wedding photographer out in York, Pennsylvania for the last eight years. Uh, incredible. My goodness, you guys. Um, if you're familiar with uh, um, the quality of work that comes out of fearless photographers, uh, uh, 
if you're not, by the way, go and do a quick little Google search for fearless photographers. Um, but many of you are. Scott's work is uh, is just absolutely gold. It's work that I aspire to look like. And I want to encourage you guys to take a look at his website, SMJ Photography. He's also, uh, he runs the Purpose and Process Mastermind Business Systems for Wedding Photographers. Um, it's a Facebook community. Um, and he's in that group. Scott, you're in there on Wednesdays, correct? Wednesdays at 2 p.m. EST. You got it. So this is the deal. You could go to Scott's group at 2 p.m. EST and then boom, right there is going to be my video, 3 p.m. EST just after. This is this is great. Scott, welcome to the show. How are you? Good, good. I'm super pumped to be here. I know we, we, we had some fun uh, trying to get this scheduled, guys. So, And then uh, Ben showed up with uh, with the workshop hangover. So uh, we're, we're just doing things here. We're making it happen. And uh, I just can't wait to have this conversation because I've definitely gotten into a debate with a bunch of people in the comments in the group about this. So, you know, I can't wait to hash out some of this and give the pros and cons. I'm going to keep it real for people. I'm not going to say that this is going to completely change your business, but I think it's something that a lot of people probably should consider at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So for a little context, the hangover that Scott is describing that I'm that I'm feeling right now is um, a couple times a year, I host a workshop at my house. It's called the Abundance Workshop. And it's three and a half days long. And every day, you know, we, I mean, we go for like 14 hours. I pour out every single thing that I got. And just last night was the last day of the abundance workshop. And so I woke up, uh, I woke up this morning just being like, oh my goodness. <laughs> but listen, Scott and I, like he just said already, I've already burned him twice. We've had to reschedule this. And so uh, I'm here, I'm here for it. And this is an incredible conversation to be had. Um, I'm going to play it up a little bit, Scott. Uh, I, I think we should play this up a little bit like a boxing match. You know, however, I do want you to hear me on this. Um, I see the validity for wedding wire and the knot. Uh, there's certain spaces, there's certain times, and there's certain locations that I see the validity for. And yet we don't, we, uh, it's usually pretty black and white. Um, and so catch me up a little bit on your experience um, with supporting um, the knot. When did it first begin? All right. So we're going to go way, way back. Uh, so I used to be a public school teacher. I taught seventh grade special ed math, and I was building my business while I was teaching and, and while I was kind of making that transition. And so when I realized I wanted to you know, make this more than just like my weekend job or side gig, I was just like, you know what, let's uh, try to make a run at this and see what can happen and start to increase my leads and just get more weddings. So back in 2015, I was just like, you know what, let me give this stuff a shot. I hadn't really heard about it from anyone else. I was just like, well, it's a year, you know, I'll give it a try for a year. I see what happens. And I gave it a try and I booked a decent number of weddings that first year from it. And it was just kind of like, okay, well, this kind of works. And yeah. uh, the short and sweet, I, of course, I had some, uh, it slowed down at times, it picked up at times. It's been a, a long journey of making tweaks um, along that journey in order to keep it being what has been quite profitable for me. That's awesome. So, so we have, we have, some elephants in the room, maybe we need to get some clarifying things because I will, I will relate. Uh, you know, I started my business back in 2010 and back then I also signed up for, um, the knot and wedding wire. And, um, and early on it, it absolutely was fantastic. However, 
early on, uh, I started at $750. <laughs> By yeah, the way, I should be exactly. pretty clear on that. That would be like, that was the, my very first, like, like year one was 750, uh, and it escalated quickly. Um, but even, you know, even coming in at $2,000, $3,000, you know, like, uh, coming in under, under market, I see the validity there. So was, was that the same thing that was, that was true for you when you first started is that your pricing was a little bit lower? Yeah. I mean, it was definitely, I was booking because my style was different than what was in the area and my price was on the lower end for that type of work. And so for sure, like it's kind of, it's a great way if you're just starting out and you're just don't want to go through everything else and just kind of have leads delivered to you. And you're just like, Hey, I'm cool with that. And get your foot in the door. It's an option. Yeah. Okay. This is good. So, so now I've got more questions. So (laughs) Are you currently using the knot right now? So yes, I am paying for a first page listing. So that's something I also want to be clear about. Okay, cool. You we'll know, talk about so- that in a second. I don't want to pull the cover with hers. <laughs> of course. I just want to I want to get some facts down for people because otherwise oh, yeah. anything else that we say, they're just gonna keep objecting. So you are currently paying for it. That's my first question. Yes. Second question: do you have any affiliation with the knot? As in like are you a, an ambassador of theirs? You know what I mean? Like, this is just, I, I, just, I want to no. make sure I get all the objections out. <laughs> no, of course. And I totally get that. I am not affiliated with them in any way. They have not paid me in any way. My gosh, I'd love it, but no, yeah. it's never happening. <laughs> okay. Okay. Next, 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 next. I got another one. third question. Are you still cheap, Scott? Like what, <laughs> what is your, this is the, these are the questions that photographers are thinking, you know, like, okay, well, is he even paying for them now? Is he a ambassador? Like what's his price point? So what would be your average uh, client value? So I am the most expensive photographer in my area now, actually. <laughs> so my average booking is usually between six to 8,000 for their collection. Um, mm-hmm. And then after that, a few thousand IPS. So basically every client's pretty much right around 10 to 12K usually. Love it. Okay, good. Now that we have some very clear metrics to understand here, um, why is it that everyone hates not? Oh man, this is the question I love. So there's, I think a few pieces to it, but a huge part in my mind is people's mindset about it and their kind of approach about it. So like, think about it this way. If you believe something won't be successful, it won't be like you, you've talked about this before, like Mm -hmm. what you believe, what you preach, what you embody then actually happens because of those things. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's something that really is very true when it comes to different marketing techniques, not just for this, but just for anything. Um, But it also applies to this. You know, everyone wants to hop on the bandwagon of hating it because it's the easy thing to do. Um, You know, it's that mob mentality when really instead they need to reevaluate their own processes and figure out how to sharpen their skills and their mindset and their approach. Instead, they just get out the pitchforks because it's the easiest thing to do. So I've, I've noticed that trend too, um, you know, with bridal shows, um, I'm a huge proponent of bridal shows and there's definitely a, a, a long trend in our industry to kind of, you know, um, hate on bridal shows and, and the conversations are usually, well, that's a waste of time. It's a waste of money. It's where budget brides are. 
Um, it's too competitive. There's a whole bunch of just like new photographers there. Um, and if you were actually maybe, I think maybe one of the big judgments is that it's just for beginners. And these, these are bridal shows, by the way. And actually I, I see a correlation between that mentality and, and the knot and wedding wire. But to, to finish the point, when that's the idea that, you know, the, the photographers who, who tend to go to bridal shows with that kind of mindset, they just tend to like roll up to the bridal show, throw up a booth, kind of like go through the motions, pack up early, like complain their way through the time. And, um, and it certainly does impact, you know, the results. So, okay. So that's one reason why, what, what else? Cause there's a few that I'd like to kind of point to, uh, as well, if that's okay. Yeah, of course. Um, I would say the other big thing is that, you know, I, I truly believe that any marketing tactic, strategy, whatever you want to call it, can work as long as like you're consistent, there's an actual strategy to it, mm-hmm. and that you're analyzing your results along the way. Okay. And I believe that's a huge reason as to why people don't see success with something like the knot is because they're not, you know, they're not, I keep saying the knot and the knot, man, it's going to get confusing <laughs> after a while here. Um, you know, it's, you, you have to show up and you have to do it in a way that's meaningful and that's different than what's out there because otherwise you look like everyone else. And that's, it looks the same at bridal shows. Like you said, um, you have to go about doing things a little bit differently in order to stand out in the crowd. Mm-hmm. And so like, you have to go just go about it in a different way. So like, what do most people do on sites like the knot? What do most photographers reply with? Like, Hey, let's set up a meeting or here's all of my pricing right now. Like they're giving them everything right up front and they're trying to like rush to a marriage um, when they don't even have the first date yet. You know, you've talked about this process a ton of times before. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, we, you can't go trying to hook someone in, especially when you charge a higher dollar uh, value for what you do. You can't just start going at people like that. You know, mm-hmm. you have to approach it in a different way than what everyone else is doing. And what are most people doing? They're emailing prices. They're saying, here's my list or set up a meeting with me. And people just aren't ready for that yet. You're a complete stranger that they just found by scrolling through a bunch of listings on a website. Like mm-hmm. they have no clue who you are. There's no trust established there. So you need to go about it in a way that hopefully makes them feel comfortable and that opens up that conversation with them because that's where you can start making real progress. You got to get people off the platform. Like, you know, they want to keep people on there, but really in order to book them, you got to get them off of there. So I'm going to go to the not.com right now. And I'd love to maybe have you walk me through uh, uh, it, maybe what it would look like to create a uh, an account that would stand out, you know, that would be separated, um, or that might actually work to move people off of the platform. And I'm not sure if you have any um, just straight up tips um, uh, in oh, regards to that. You do, okay, good. Oh, absolutely. So I'm going, I'm going over to wedding photographers right now here. And um, I'm going to, for the people, by the way, again, this video is being, this podcast is being recorded uh, as a live video in, in my mastermind group. So for anyone in the mastermind group, um, oh no, I was going to share my screen here, but uh, it'll stop. It'll stop. Um, okay, good. I am now. Okay, sweet. So I'm sharing my screen for, uh, for the mass by members here. All right. So 
talk talk about this guy. What 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 can we click on here? What can we take a look at? All right. So I really think that there are three key things that will help you stand out on the knot versus everyone else. And these three things I truly believe are applicable everywhere, but there's something I believe people think they're like, oh, well, it's just the knot. You don't need to do all that stuff there. You do. Um, It's good marketing strategies, period. So number one is you have to have a good photo that stands out. Like people are just scrolling really quickly and you need to stand out from the crowd because if you really look through it, a lot of these are going to look the same. And that's not to say that there's anything wrong with that. You know, everybody has their different style, but you need to figure out a way to stand out either with different lighting, different colors, um, you know, just something that just kind of sticks out and says, hmm, something is different about this. It feels different. And your goal is to stop the scroll, essentially. You know, if you can stop the scroll, you're winning. And so you need a photo that's not going to look like everything else when you put it next to others. You got to have something that stands out. So with that, would you recommend uh, that they actually go through uh, their location on the knot and observe what are all the thumbnails? What are those main kind of photographs? And then strategize something that would stand out as as a juxtaposition to that. A hundred percent. That's a hundred percent what I would do. And then the other thing is, as you're just getting started, you need to figure out some photos are going to do better than others. So you need to actually rotate different photos in there over time. Like if you're not getting the results you're looking for, it could be because that photo is not standing out enough. And so therefore go in, put in a different photo and check out the results a month from now and see, did you get more views? Did you get more clicks? Um, it's all stuff that the knot provides in their analytics. So you can literally make changes, analyze them and see, are you heading in the right direction or not? Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and that's what you mean when you were talking about the consistency and tracking it, all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. So, so thumbnail. Uh, the next got thing. It. Yep, so thumbnail's huge, obviously. You got to stop the scroll. You got to get them onto your profile so that you can hopefully get them over to the website or message you and convert them. Mm-hmm. So the next part that a lot of people, I think, ignore on there is copy. Like copy is huge. Um, and it's something that I think most people just generally list like, hey, I'm so-and-so photography in blank and we take wedding photos and we would love to document your day. And it just mm-hmm. kind of sounds the same. And they go through every profile and they just become numb to it basically. You need to tell them like, look, I'm here for you. I want to help support you. I want to give you value. I want to know about the two of you because Mm -hmm. that's what all of a sudden for them goes like, oh, this sounds a little bit different than all the other like profiles we were reading. And it says like, they like to connect with their couples and like, okay, like I'm kind of curious more about some of that there. And so your, your copy has to bring them in in a way that speaks to who they are. Because again, you are a complete stranger. They just clicked on your profile. And so I'm a really big fan of story brand. You know, you've talked about, you know, all of that stuff before as well. And really just having a clear, concise statement that says, this is what I do. And this is who it's for. If you like this, like we need to talk essentially. Mm -hmm. And so if you can be really clear and giving them those directions and having a call to action there that drives them to contact you. Well, that's going to be much more effective than just saying, I'm so-and-so located here and I do this. Like, yeah, there's nothing that sticks out about that. 
Yeah. So just really crystal clear positioning. How are you going to position yourself in the market to serve a very specific audience? What is their pain point? What is the failure you're going to help them to avoid? What are the successes that that type of client wants to have? Yeah. Highly recommend uh, building a story brand as well. Love it. Um, okay, good. So we've got thumbnail, we've got our copywriting. Um, what else? One more. So last one is your website has to convert. And this is where I think so many people miss. Um, they think that the not is their website. They treat it like that. It's not. It's, it's meant to get you over to your website. Like there's literally a link to click to go over to your website. And if someone's interested, especially couples who are spending more money, they're going to go to your website. And if your website is not set up in a way that feels very similar to your profile and doesn't take them through a series of actions and tell them where to go and say, fill out this form right here to talk with me. If it doesn't do those things, well, everything on your profile on the knot was for nothing because it was really you who failed to convert. The knot delivered on giving you the lead. It was you actually, you failed to convert that lead into something for yourself because your positioning wasn't clear. Your website didn't load fast enough. You know, your contact form was down. Like there's all these different things that have to be in place on your website as well in order for people to connect, especially when you're a higher end brand, like these things have to be on point. Um, and if they are, it all connects and people will inquire with you. Um, like totally real numbers. I mean, I know people are always like, ah, I'm skeptical. Like I literally have Sprout Studio. That's my CRM open right now. So, so far this year in 2021, I've had 20 leads from the knot. Three of them have booked. It's given me $20,000 worth of revenue. Okay. Like that's a straight up number so far for this year. So in a few months, it's given me 20 grand in revenue. That's I'm pretty much on pace or a little bit ahead of pace of where I normally am. Like that's pretty standard. All right, podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick pause here in order to give a thank you to the supporters of the SFP podcast, because if you're listening, it likely means that you have a small business or you know someone who does. And if this is you, you are wearing far too many hats. And some of these hats are amazing, right? Like being a photographer, but some like filing taxes, running payroll, not so great. This is where Gusto comes in. This is the solution, you guys. Gusto, G-U-S-T-O, Gusto. Gusto makes payroll, taxes, HR actually easy for small businesses. I used to be on like an old school payroll processor from like 1982 and it was terrible. Gusto now has fast, simple payroll processing. Uh, this is the really cool thing. They automatically pay and file your federal, state, and local taxes so you don't have to worry about it. Um, they make like, like W-2s, sending out 1099s, uh, incredibly easy to run. You guys, those old school clunky payroll providers, the one that I was on that I just left, uh, they just weren't built for the way that the small modern business uh, is meant to work. But Gusto is. You guys, no joke. I got really excited because I switched to Gusto before they contacted me uh, to come on as an advertiser. I'm like, this just makes sense. I actually use this thing. Um, the really cool thing too is everything is online. Like the ability to sign, store, and organize all the employee documents. It's all online. It's all in one place. You guys, let Gusto wear one of your many hats. Uh, it gets better 
there because for you podcast listeners, you get the first three months free when you run your first payroll. Try this demo out for yourself at gusto.com forward slash photo. That's gusto.com, G-U-S-T-O forward slash photo. It all starts with the click of a shutter, an instant, a moment captured that can last a lifetime if you know where to save it. Smug Mug Source is the latest addition to your photography toolkit. Now, every photographer of every skill level can manage, store, and organize every photo, including RAWs, from any device to ensure no moment captured is ever lost. Smug Mug Source uses powerful search technologies and organization tools so you can spend less time managing photos and more time taking them. With Smug Mug's near 20-year experience in proudly protecting billions of photos, Source makes Smug Mug a truly end-to-end photography platform. Head over to smugmug.com forward slash source now to learn more and start your free trial. No credit card required. That's smugmug.com forward slash source. Smug Mug Source. Every photo, every format, everywhere. All right, let's get back to the show. So um, there's different positions that you can actually purchase. Um, I've noticed trends. I, I've, I've, I've owned every spot available and they've changed the, the different spots uh, available over the years. Um, there used to even be a free one. There's no longer is a free one. I think people can't, the, the past free ones got grandfathered in. Um, so there used to be the, the free account, the featured one. And then I think they used to call it a spotlight, which is only three of those typically per location. Is that still how it is? I think so. I think spotlight is like the first, I think it depends on the area, um, as to how many they do. I think there's five or six now, maybe even, um, but so yeah, I pay for first page, meaning I'm not in like the top five or six every time I'm somewhere on that first page. So I don't even pay for the most expensive plan. Um, there is the spotlight, which is the most expensive for sure. Yeah. And, um, and so I'm curious about that. Is that something between like the basic plan, the middle ground, which is where you're at, and then the top tier, if you feel like that impacts the results that you're getting in a, in a, in a significant way, like, is it, if maybe my question is, should you even bother paying for the cheapest one? Do you see it as a, a opportunity there or, or is it kind of like being on the sixth page of Google, which might as well be, the last page. You don't exist. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, even when you're on page six, it's like, well, no one's clicking on your stuff. Yeah. The, the basic plan where it's like they're cheap, but you're not on the first page is completely worthless in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I did try that out for, I think I did it for six months just because I was curious. I was Because I was early on in my business. I didn't have a ton of money. And I was like, is this really worth it to be paying this much extra? It was like yep. double basically. And I was like, well, could I cut my money in half and still convert and get what I need? The answer was no. And so after six months, I was like, if I pay double, yeah, sure, it's double. But at the same time, it's really not that bad because I'm booking more weddings. And so when I did the math, you know, I'm getting 10 to 25 times my money back. That's more than worth it for me. Yeah. Um, and that's the same thing I experienced as well. And I went all the way to the spotlight position for a few years. Ooh, and it worked fancy. out. Yeah, I was fancy. It worked out. Um, I just discovered that there was other, as I, uh, as I kept building the machine, 
of, of um, client relationships, vendor relationships, partnerships, word of mouth, SEO um, that I no longer needed to have WeddingWire as like uh, a lead generation tool, you know, for the pipeline. Um, and I will say this, when WeddingWire, I'm sorry, when the not acquired WeddingWire, I also noticed things start to, to spiral a little bit. I was curious if you noticed anything when the merger took place between the two companies. I honestly have not. Um, I know that was something people have always talked about. And also a lot of people claim um, either spam or fake leads on there. Um, did you ever experience that? I guess I'm curious. Do you think like you've ever seen fake leads like delivered to you? It's so hard. (laughs) I know what people are talking about. And I will say this. I was suspicious. Um, When it came time and the account was closing, um, I I let them know. You got an influx, right? I'm done. I got this little random push of inquiries that didn't really make sense from an analytics standpoint and it didn't pan out any of any of them like nothing happened uh with them so i can't say you know for sure one way or another um it kind of reminds me of the uh the 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 suspicions around um apple products when they kept when they would release a new iphone and people are like they released an iphone and now my old phone is super slow. Slow down. Yep. Slow down. It kind of reminds me. And like, eventually it came out like, yeah, we were, we were doing that. I feel like I am suspicious if that's true, which does bring me to a point of, you know, I have seen one of the big complaints is that, you know, maybe a photographer bites off more than they can chew. Uh, they don't have the website in order. Um, they don't have their positioning down. They've invested into wedding wire. Um, and it was their bad. Let's just acknowledge that. Right. Um, they should have probably um, figured out their website in a way that converts and their positioning much stronger, all that kind of stuff, but they're done and they don't, they want out. Right. And this has been where I've also noticed some of the frustrations within the community, uh, especially even during when COVID hit um, what the, 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 the tales are legendary of people trying to get out of a not.com contract. And maybe that's it. It's, it's a contract, but I'm curious if you do have any thoughts on that. Cause I know that is a point of pain, uh, within the industry. It is. Um, and I, I don't know, I guess I th- I've always thought of this a little bit differently. Like, look, you've entered into the contract, like you, you knew what you were getting into. And I get that your life has changed, but like that, that happens to all of us. Um, and ultimately at the end of the day, like, yeah, you can close your bank accounts and change your credit cards and all that stuff and hope to get away from them. But like, there's other ramifications that could come with that. Um, you know, it's, it's a lot like, you know, we all have these different things in our business we pay for on a monthly and yearly basis. Like those are contracts as well. And it's just something that, you know, you, you knew you were getting into and, um, ultimately at the end of the day, I think if you're nice and professional and handle it with them, I have heard of some people getting at least some leniency or like they gave back, like, you know, they had like, let's say six months left and they'd be like, look, give us like three or four of those. We'll call it and we'll close out your account. Hmm. I've heard of that, but I've also heard of a lot of difficulty too. Um, yeah. but I don't think that's enough for, you know, someone to be like, Oh, I never want to do this because this could happen. It's like, when you sign up for it, you know what you're getting into over this period of time. Like you're locked into paying that much per month. Mm -hmm. Got it. Um, 
I know that some of the, I'm asking you all the questions that I believe that the community has and that I've heard, uh, you know, when a post pops up, uh, you know, in the groups. And so one of the frustrations that I personally have had with the wedding, with wedding wire, the knot, by the way, I keep, I group them together. Is that appropriate? No, that's totally cool. Okay, oh cool. yeah. hundred percent. Okay, cool. So one of the frustrations that I've had and that I know others have had is the initial response. The knot is always trying to keep everything on the platform. And so two things occur. Number one, the first thing that happens is when they, when they inquire, um, I, I have, I don't get the ability to, uh, ask for a phone number. Right. So like, I hate that part. That's a part of my process, right? It's like sending my video messages, sending a text, that kind of stuff. Um, so I'm curious about that. Let's start there in terms of like how you respond to a, an inquiry from the knot in a way that separates you because it's so easy on there to just click that, like I'm interested button, like, or whatever it is on 30 different photographers. How do you separate yourself when they just click that button on all these 30 photographers? What do you do? (laughs) <laughs> that is a great question. And this is where I said, I think a lot of people go wrong as well, because they basically take what they would send to everyone else and just send it to them as well. And I hate to say it, it's a different platform. It works in a different way. And so therefore you need to treat it differently. And so the goal is, like we said, to get them off the platform, get them onto your website. Like that's really the goal. I want couples phone numbers and it drives me nuts that I can't get it. I think I actually used to get it when I first signed up. Was that true? I forget. Yeah, I believe it was available way back when one of the platforms, I think wedding wire, they opened up that you could request for it when it merged. Uh, I, I believe it was taken away. Don't hold me to that. I, yeah. I, I think so, but I'm not positive. So, I mean, my goal is to write them a message because it's all I can do. I don't have a phone number. So all I can do is email. And so because of that, I got to make it really short and sweet and concise, but also set myself apart. So it's the same exact thing. I'm trying to connect with them. So I, you know, what I want it to be is that here's basically what I do. Here's who I do it for. If this sounds like what you're looking for, we should hop on a quick phone call. And that way I can tell you more and hear about what you're dreaming up. Mm -hmm. And so I'm listing, Hey, here's my starting price. So I'm giving them that. You know, they can also see it kind of on the knot. They give price ranges and stuff. So I'm saying, here's where I start. It includes all of this stuff here. When are you free to chat? Mm-hmm. And then I'm including a link through my CRM there where they can schedule a call at their convenience. So I'm not playing back and forth. I'm not trying to play that cat and mouse game. I'm making it as easy as possible for them to quickly hop on a phone call with me to go over and get more info. Because as soon as I get someone on a phone, there's usually a good chance I can get them into a consult. If I can get them into a consult, they're usually going to book. I have never been a huge fan of auto scheduling for weddings because I feel like it... Um, auto scheduling is in like this like such a time. I feel like it, uh, um, uh, it creates, uh, what's the word I'm looking too much availability. <laughs> no, not even, to, it could create too much availability and remove any sense of scarcity. It's less of that. It's less of it. It, it makes it very transactional and I get that it is a transaction, mm-hmm. but it takes like a very like, um, experience driven thing and it, and it, it kind of starts it in a transactional manner. It's a personal opinion, by the way. I understand other people have other opinions on it just for wedding photography at the high end. Right. I think it makes a ton of sense for portraiture. I'm letting you know that position because I think for clients, 
potential clients rather, who are coming from wedding wire than not, I think it makes a ton of sense to use it. I think they're in a uh, transactional kind of mentality when they're on there and they're clicking through and they're just trying to get things moving. Um, and it actually makes sense. And so I just wanted to acknowledge that is what I'm, where I'm getting to. My, I have, a, I have another question for you. Um, how do you know, one of the objections about uh, the knot is that the clients that do contact you are, they're looking for something cheap. They're looking to kind of nickel and dime. They're looking for the, the, the biggest bang for their buck and, you know, more or less problem clients. Um, what are your <laughs> thoughts on that? Um, they are certainly on there. I mean, I'm not going to lie and say that they aren't because heck I've had some of them myself. Um, no, I love every single one of my clients, but no, like seriously, let's be real. We've all had clients that we just didn't jive that well with or things happened and things went South. Um, it happens to all of us over the years, but overall I will say some of my favorite clients have been from the knot. Um, and I don't think there's any particular reason behind that. I think it all comes down to how you position yourself and how you communicate that position in order to connect with people like that. Um, mm-hmm. There are some people I meet with from the knot where we hop on a call and I say, you guys seem really, really nice, but like, I just don't feel like this is the best fit. Or maybe we even get into the consult and I realize that and that's okay. Um, I'd rather do that than end up in you know a relationship where neither party is happy that they got into that contract together. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are certainly cheaper people out there, and like I still get inquiries for you know budget less than a thousand dollars, you know, for a prime Saturday in October. Um, you know, like of course you're still going to get those. But I've also had some people who said, you know, my budget was three thousand dollars, and then I'm looking, you know, in my CRM and like, oh, they just uh, finished spending eleven thousand dollars with me. And it's just like, yeah, I've had clients like that. Um, And on average, most of my bookings from the knot right now are like six to seven K right up front. And then that doesn't include IPS on the back end. So there's plenty of clients that do have money on there. And in fact, I'd argue it's easier to kind of attract them if you can position yourself in such a way, because there aren't many people like that. They're looking for a certain thing. And if when they're scrolling, they're not seeing that they're, they're out of there. Mm-hmm. Like my last client I just booked, she said, I literally hopped on the knock because we've been doing a lot of our planning on there. And she's like, every photographer looked the same, looked the same. We saw yours, we clicked on it and we had a consult a day later and booked her the next day. That was a $7,000 wedding. And she's just like, we weren't looking for cheap. Like we were expecting to spend at least five to eight. And they were like, we were finding no one was actually offering anything in that range. Mm-hmm. Like, People were all two to 3,000 and they were like, we didn't trust someone who was priced that low to capture our day. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to that point of like, yeah, people, you know, let people spend their money um, if they want to spend it and you can show the value in that and they can see that value. Like, you know, you can, you can really do some big things. So I believe that there's a place for the knot for certain photographers, and I don't want to lead my community astray. And so I would love to hear from you. Who is the not.com not for? <laughs> um, I would say everyone who is in the middle ground. So meaning if, if you're priced, let's just, I'm going to be kind of general, but like maybe the three to four range, if you kind of fall somewhere in there, 
That's when I had the most difficult time booking when I was stuck in that price range. And it sounds weird because that's where a lot of people are. Um, but for me, I really struggled to book at that because every single person was a competitor at that mm. price point. Whereas when you're a little bit on the lower side, people are going to be just more willing to give you a chance. Or if you're on the higher side, people are looking for something that's tried and true and trusted by people. And so therefore mm. they're willing to pay the extra for that. So the middle ground, I think really suffers on the knot. Okay. Um, I would say anybody else that has a super specific style to someone in their area that's already on there. Like if the two of you side by side, if you can't tell the difference and mm. you kind of have the same messaging and positioning, you're going to run into issues because at that point, people are just going to be like, eh, you're a commodity, where's price? That one wins out. That's mm -hmm. what happens a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. um, and then I would also say people who just want to stick to emails. Um, like if you just try to email couples back and forth on there, you're going to, you're just, just a lose. It's a, it's a losing battle every time I feel like, um, because essentially if I'm emailing, it's because we didn't connect and therefore I'm competing on price. Yeah. And when we're competing on price, everybody loses. Yeah. And then it sounds like, uh, you've said this before, but I also would want to think restate it. Is it also, it would seem that if you, if you don't have a website that converts mm. through, um, one of the ways being through your copy being like your positioning. Like, so if you don't have your positioning down your positioning statement, your brand positioning and a highly converting website, it might not be the best use. Is that accurate? I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I think I heard you say something along those lines. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, most people, I think, think instead that the knot's going to do it for them. And it's like, no, no, mm. no, 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 that's on you. Like just as a good business owner, you need to have those things down yeah. and that's going to convert anybody wherever they come from. And that's a really important part that I think people kind of overlook. Yeah. I mean, it reminds me of a Facebook ad. Like you could have all the traffic being driven from a Facebook ad, I mean, you know, completely different from the not a Facebook ad driving traffic to your site. But if you're not properly positioned and if your website, uh, it, you know, isn't working hard, it's, you know, it, they'll just fizzle off. So that makes sense. hundred um, percent. Okay. Fantastic. Location even matters a little bit too. Tell me more. Like, I, I, so I really think it, in different markets, it works better than others. Um, so for example, I think that if you are in a major, major city, I think it can be more difficult to do well on there because, mm. because of the competition. There's more competition around you. Um, there's a better chance of someone kind of just beating you out either maybe with, with uh, photo style or branding, messaging, things like that, that could be really similar. Um, but then that could also work for you because I have a friend who's out in California and there's obviously a ton of photographers out there. And then we looked into like their specific town and everything was light and airy and they do more dark and moody. And I was like, this is an opportunity. If you really wanted to try it out because you will stand out against the rest of the crowd there, like for yeah. sure. So you can easily see that in your own town. Um, so I think that's important to look into as well. Um, and I think just also, like for me, I'm in a little bit of a smaller, less busy area. And, you know, so therefore there's not as many people on there. And I mean, I hate to say it, but I don't think there's quite as much competition at my level. And so therefore that helps me stick out. So I do think location can play into it. Yeah. Um, it's something that you definitely need to look and like do an incognito search and check out your area and see 
what's my competition look like? And is it different enough from what I do to maybe try this out? Is there, um, this will be a curveball. No, no pressure to have an answer here. I'm just imagining like, uh, it's an expensive thing to try out. You know, one of the luxuries of Facebook ads is you can run an ad for as little time and as little budget as you'd like to kind of test and to thrash and to mess with it. And well, it didn't work out all good things. This, this kind of takes us back to that point of like the, the sign up of, uh, with the knot being like six months and year long contracts at thousands of dollars, you know? Mm-hmm. And so my question then is, is there any way, is there any like checklist or is there any kind of like, uh, indicator that might, that, that you might be able to run through to be like, I'm a good candidate to, to sign up for this. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> like I said, curveball, um, I'm sticking you here, but. No, no. I was trying to think about this earlier as to like just different ways to kind of approach it and who it might be for and all of these different things. Um, I would say, f- I think it really is great for people who, want just kind of guaranteed leads and to be able to book a small percentage of them. (laughs) Um, Because it's, I don't want to say it's on autopilot um, because, you know, no marketing strategy should be on autopilot completely. Um, But I really do think that if you're okay, like not expecting it to fill up your entire calendar year and you're just like, Hey, if I at least get this many out of it, it's worth it. Like, for me, I know that I'm going to book five to 10 weddings a year from it. It's just, it's been that way for six years for me. And it's always generated so much income. And so it's just kind of this easygoing thing that just kind of works for me, um, where I know, sure, I spend a few thousand dollars, but I bring in 10, 20 times my revenue that you know I'd put into that there. So I think it could be for that. Um, Repeat the question again. Sorry, I want to make sure I get no it right there. I, I was curious if maybe there was any any other kind of uh, metric. Like, for example, if you find success with Facebook ads, you may find success with the not. Because if you're driving traffic from Facebook ads and it's converting on your website, and listen, let's be honest, Facebook uh, leads aren't any uh, better than the not leads. Um, but I'm so glad someone said that. Like, seriously, people are like, oh, Facebook ads are gold. It's like, uh, it depends. Like you, you get some garbage in there too. Sure. So, but, um, but so that, that was maybe be like a, uh, something like, Hey, if you find success here, then you may be able to find success with the not, or if, and I don't know what it is, but does that, does that give you more clarity? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think it's also something you have to realize it's it should be a small part of a very diverse marketing strategy. Mm-hmm. You know, you shouldn't be putting all of your eggs in one basket, uh, especially if you want to be around for a while. Like, I'm just I'm amazed at how many photographers are like, yeah, I do 90% of my business on Instagram. It's like, that's great. But like, what happens when things change? Like, yeah. are you, do you really want to leave your business so vulnerable to something that you don't own? that you can't control. Like that's, that's scary to me. So like the knots, you know, essentially like 20, 25% of my overall marketing strategy, like it's, it's not a huge, huge part. And so that's why I tell people it's, it's not going to be this thing that fixes your business overnight. You know, no strategy is going to do that. Um, It'll fix it temporarily and then it will probably fall apart later, but 
you know, we got to do things that are about long-term growth or just consistency. And for me, that's kind of what the knot has been. It's been like, hey, here's some guaranteed income every year. Here's some guaranteed leads. Like it just works for a nice small portion of my business that I know I can rely on. And I think if you approach it like that, it's something, you know, where it's not like, oh gosh, I'm paying all this money for it and I'm not getting this. It's just like, it's working. It's a part of my business. I've accounted for this and, you know, I'm getting 10, 20 times my money back. So yes, this is well worth it for me. Yeah. Scott, thanks for being here. Um, and, uh, and having, I mean, having a, a conversation on something that, again, highly controversial um, and, uh, and, and offering some like really clear insight of some things that work, some things that don't work, who it's for, who it's not for. Where can people find you, Scott, online and you know, ask you more questions or follow along and continue to learn the processes that you have for your business? Yeah. Well, first off, I just want to say, I hope that everyone saw I was not just uh, advocating for the knot the entire time. You know, I, I've certainly had some great success with it, but um, I'm also not going to say it's perfect for everyone because it's not. Um, it really is not. But I think it can be, it's worth at least checking into and going through your options for it. If, you know, if it's something you're looking at and you're like, maybe, well, you know, kind of weigh your options there and see what you think. Um, so people can find me. I have a Facebook group as well, uh, Purpose and Process Business Mastermind. I talk about systems and I really try to focus in on more like workflows, automations, mindset stuff. Um, so similar to Ben here, but a little bit more, I guess, probably like niche per se with like process and CRM stuff and kind of nerd out on all that over there. So uh, Purpose Process Photographers on Instagram or SMJ Photo to follow along on that journey too. Awesome. Scott, thank you so much. Appreciate you being here. Thanks for being a part of uh, the, the mastermind group, a part of the community, continue to pour into everyone. Uh, love and seeing you do your thing. So uh, thank you for your time, man, and your talent. Well, thank you, man. It's uh, been years since I found you and it's wild to now be chatting with you today. So Isn't thank you fun? so much it's for cool. having me. I love it. I know. <laughs> Podcast listeners, circle. thank you. Go, go ahead, please. No, I was just saying like, hey, everything really comes full circle. Like I was... You know, if you're listening to this and you know you're charging two to three thousand and you're trying to make it happen, like I was in your shoes like five, six years ago. That was me. And now here I am, you know, I'm doing multiple six figures chatting with someone who educated and helped me up um, and now just trying to give back. And um, so you will get there, keep pushing. You, you know, you can all make it happen if you really want to. Love it. Thank you, Scott. Podcast listeners, thank you for tuning in. Um, I, I really appreciate you guys being a part of this space, man. I, Scott said it best. It's like, this is totally viable. You've got this. The opportunity is there. And I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited to see which of my listeners uh, is going to contact me next. And I get to have another conversation with them. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait for those things. Uh, you guys, I will see you next time on the next episode of the Six Figure Photography Podcast. Bye, everybody. Yeah, yeah. All right, let me let me stop recording here. Stop.